0: This is the Two Guys Talking Podcast. My name is Praveen, we got Brandon in the house. A Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everyone out there, appreciate you listening, wherever you might be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the whole works. Find us anywhere you'd like, Two Guys Talking Podcast. We hope that you guys had a very, very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays with your families and and friends over the the nice holiday weekend doesn't always fall on a weekend. It kinda of fell on the weekend and what a sports weekend it was. But uh we'll we'll dive into that <laughs> real soon here. Um, uh, but happy to have Brandon in the house as always. Brandon, Merry Christmas, bro.
1: Merry Christmas, man. We had uh we had a weekend full of family and fun and now just kinda settling back in. It's always it's having that Christmas on a Monday and then getting right back to it on Tuesday is always a little bit difficult, but it was a good weekend, nonetheless.
0: I feel like Tuesday's still a dead day. Like, the 26th is still a dead day.
1: I think this whole week is, <laughs> right. it's just like, the the entire world is just still hanging, hanging low and just kind of going about their business.
0: You know, a suggestion to the people, don't take time off of work. And during this week because the whole country shut down so you might as well save your days pto save your time off because you go to, there's not much going on even if you want to get stuff done a lot of the stuff that's off your plate and uncontrollable you ain't gonna get it done because the whole country is shut down for the week
1: Yeah, it's a smart move save your pto and like I said yeah you can't get anything done this week anyway so just show up You'll get some extra brownie points for being the person that comes to work in between Christmas and New Year's and chill.
0: Are you a New Year's guy? Like, is is, is like what what have you always been? Like, are you are you a, a trying to go out and stay up till midnight, um, or are you trying to you know take take a breather and and start the New Year off, New Year's off with a good night sleep? I think it's changed
1: as you get a little bit older, but um, now it's to the point where go get a nice dinner and get home and i still enjoy staying up till midnight and like waiting for new year's um but yeah no no longer going out and being out till new year's like i said just grab a nice dinner get home and turn on the tv and just relax
0: man back in the day it felt like midnight used to be the start of the party yeah like it wouldn't and it's so crazy when you think back at those days. I mean, remember when you're in your early twenties and you would, you would go out at 10 PM, like you would be ready and you would leave the house at 10, 11 PM. Now, dude, I'm in bed. (laughs) I'm barely, I'm barely, I have no interest in leaving the place past 8 PM.
1: Yep. Well, and then specifically the new years. Yeah. Now it's that type of thing where, okay, get it to midnight and then 1230 it's lights out. You know, it's like, you're waiting, you're struggling to get to midnight. It hits midnight. Cool. Clean up. Go to bed.
0: Man, I, you know, these days I'm worried to go outside because there's a lot of crazy people out there. And I mean, even on a lower level, there's a lot of crazy people out there. And and to be honest, it's the remote staying at home. You know, there's a lack of uh, of interaction from the human the human race. And it's just uh, when everyone goes out at, into those places, I mean, it's just, it's like, Hold on. Hold on tight because you don't you just don't know what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, I like the comfort of my home and and in the the nice peace and quiet, uh, you know, for, for what for what it is.
1: Yeah, everyone kind of forgot how to interact with each other. So we see that on these big events now where everyone's like, whoa, we're out. It's a lawless land all of a sudden.
0: Yeah, and what's crazy is it's not a lawless land. That's what's crazy about it. So, um, But, hey, either way, what a, what a fun-packed sports weekend. If you wanted to get away from family this weekend, there was a ton to kind of draw your attention away from family. And uh, a lot of good stuff. And one thing that pointed to one thing that stood out to me was you know, at Christmas NBA is something that happens all the time, and boy, did the NFL completely smack the NBA when it came to ratings. Now, I want you know, I, I I'm I don't know how to feel about it. Is is that because the NFL had such big games on Christmas, or is that just because people like the NFL more? Point blank, period. Like it wouldn't matter every year the NFL would do this with how spanned the numbers were. Where the difference in numbers, I feel like this would happen every year And the NFL you know, no matter how much people want to talk smack about the NFL in terms of the game and entertainment, I'm picking the NFL over the NBA.
1: Yeah. I don't, I think it's one of those things where I don't know if it really mattered what games the NFL had on. I mean, that's, that's the monster. So I'm sure the NBA is always kind of bummed when it falls on anywhere, even close to a weekend. Cause you know, the NFL Say if it was Christmas was on a Friday or something they would have tried to steal a couple games on there so I'm sure they get a little bit bummed out when it's not the middle of the week but yeah I think that's something that's the NFL is always going to be king but the NBA had some good games the NFL had some good games like I said it was a it was a good day to just like you said if you needed to kind of get away or you know kind of tone out tune out an uncle or something just kind of throw on the game and just kind of starting on your head like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. good point good point
0: Here's the problem: is the uncle's probably watching the game too, and that's the annoying part. You need a house with like multiple rooms in it to really shut it down, so you can go and hide or something. That's the one thing I want to do more: is host Christmas, because then I can like go and hide. Because if I'm at someone else's house, I can't really, I don't feel comfortable going into like their other rooms and start messing with their remotes. But if I'm at my own crib, it's like I could just go to my room and shut the door and say, "I'm out, bye, see ya."
1: You got the power to just do whatever you want.
0: Oh, man. But, hey, I mean, like you said, games, bo- both both sides of the house, games were, were fun to watch. Um, the Nuggets pulling out a dub against the Warriors, that was a great game to watch. Um, you know, the Lakers tried to make it a good game against the Celtics. Um, you know that that didn't really pan out well. The Knicks beating the Bucks. You know that's always good for New York. Winning on Christmas. That's their one yearly yippee um, that they can be happy about when they when the rest of the season is just on fire. But um, I want I want to talk about real, about the NFL. There's a lot going on in the NFL and it's locally and nationally. There's a lot going on in the NFL. Um, quick recap of the weekend that just happened. Christmas weekend. I do like the. The spread, you know, I will say this, the NFL spreading out the games on Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, huge fan. Am I right? Yeah,
1: it felt like you're able to watch every single one. I mean, instead of the Sunday slate where if you have, you know, Sunday ticket doesn't really impact you much. But instead of just having the one one or two games in the morning slate and one or two games the afternoon and you're kind of then just. Watching your phone, trying to keep up with stats or whatever it may be or highlights, like the way they spread it out to where it felt like you could watch every single game. That was awesome. I mean, you you didn't miss a single minute of football.
0: And for the time of year, it being close to the playoffs, and with them adding the playoff spot, an an additional playoff spot a couple years back, this really makes this time of year really interesting in terms of tiebreakers and who's going where and what and a lot of of you know a lot of things, a lot of big implications. At play here, uh, you know, going in, we started off with the Rams kind of dominating the New Orleans Saints, even though their comeback tried. Uh, Pittsburgh put a hammer on Cincinnati, really shutting down Joe Burrow, even though Joe Burrow still had 335 yards somehow in that game. Browning, uh, I'm sorry, Browning, thank you. Um, uh, you know, Jake Browning having. 335 yards, good for him. And then uh, Buffalo, you know, barely beating out the Chargers, which is not what people really thought was going to happen. Uh, you know, moving moving down the line a little bit. Uh, Detroit squeaking out, winning the division. Uh, first playoff game in, in 30 years, something like that. Well, first uh, division title in 30 years, excuse me. And First division title ever. First division title ever. Well,
1: excuse me. Yeah, first, first. I think first home game. First home yeah, playoff our, game in 30 that's years, I think. First because they used to have, they used to have the um, NFC. I think it was Central or something. But this is their first NFC North division title.
0: Yeah, I mean, what an incredible season! They pretty much called their own number and pretty much proved it all season long, uh beating a beat down Minnesota team. Seattle squeaks out another victory against the Tennessee Titans, keeping their playoff hopes alive, setting up a big game against Pittsburgh this weekend. Um, you know, Dallas, Miami, I kind of I, you know, Dallas showed me a lot against the Buffalo game. I expected Miami to win that game. And, you know, they they did. Dallas is just a different team on the road and it just continues to show. Um, and so that's a big one there. Green Bay trying to blow it at Carolina, ended up pulling it out. Same with the Jets trying to lose it against the Washington Commanders, but they ended up winning. The final game, the final recap to talk about, and we can lead into this incoming week, is the Christmas Eve game, the nightcap game, the Patriots, and the Broncos. Now, if we're talking Patriots-Broncos like seven years ago, Hoorah! I mean, let's 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 buckle down. This game is lit. I mean, where you know, no no one's no one's doing Christmas dinner. Everyone's locked into the TV for that. At the same time, this game still had some beef to it with the fact that the Patriots are coming to town and the Broncos have some playoff hopes at stake. Now, you talk about some of the worst play calling I've seen in this whole it, it, not only this Broncos season just in the NFL season, my goodness was the play-calling But You talk about throwing a guy uh, unintentionally or or, or indirectly, throw a guy under the bus by your play-calling. I mean, unbelievable. I'm not – I was very shocked by that. The New England Patriots ended up winning on a game-winning field goal, which, hey – who is that kicker? He was a nobody all season long. He struggled that game, and then you put him in, and I'm sitting there saying there's no way he's making this field goal, and he drills a 54, some 56-yard field goal to win the game at Mile High Stadium. Really tough loss for the Denver Broncos when you, when you thought what a roller coaster it's been. And then you come to the news today that Russell Wilson is getting benched, Mainly because of financial reasons, due to a potential physical, and him maybe failing that physical, triggering a whole another thirty plus million in twenty twenty five. So, twenty twenty four money's already gone. Twenty twenty five money is now what we're talking about. It, it, I mean, what what happened? I mean, we had we had a, we had a moment where in Houston, it's like we're gonna make the playoffs, and now all of a sudden, it's Russell Wilson's gonna get cut, and now the Broncos are you know stuck in some cap issues and again stuck in the quarterback carousel where who, who 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 do they get at this point i mean they're not really fit in for a top draft pick do you get one of the guys falling do you trade up so many things that play this is not a position the broncos want to be in which is which is what they want to get out of with russell wilson yet here we go again before i keep going on about it i want to hear your thoughts the game and then now the russell wilson benching and now you know what does this mean
1: yeah i guess just starting with the game you know there were a handful of things that just kind of made you scratch your head i mean you mentioned the play calling i hated the timeouts at the end of the game there where new england was clearly playing for overtime they ran the ball twice and i just didn't like those timeouts and the reason is is the offense hadn't been clicking it's one thing if your offense is gelling and it's like all right cool if we get the ball back like we're confident that we can pick up 30 yards get ourselves in field goal range we had the ball before that last drive didn't do anything with it and then you call the timeouts and then it it just comes down to one play and with today's nfl and the rules of you know kind of how they're calling pass interference like if you're if you're new england why would you not just throw a back shoulder throw? And, you know, he's either going to catch it or get a PI. And then, you know, the least likely thing's going to happen is going to be an interception. So that just felt like one of those things. It's like that wasn't the right time for the timeouts. It's easy to say that knowing that New England completed the pass and kicked a field goal. But I was saying it live. It's just like there's no reason to do that. Play for overtime. Your defense, you know, at that point, was playing okay enough because New England kind of had just those scores on the turnovers and things like they weren't really moving the ball all that well. So at that point, I think it's safer to get to overtime. Um, And yeah, I think, you know, it's been clear. I think all season at different points and times that Sean and Russ just aren't meshing, whether that's a personality thing, or if Sean doesn't think Russ's abilities can you know, gel with his system. I don't know what it is. I mean, there was a lot of talk just coming in into the season about how different things rubbed Sean Payton the wrong way. And so, you know, I don't know how much of that comes into play versus just playing ability. Cause yeah, if you look at the stats, Russ has had a pretty good year. Obviously it's an improvement from last year. The wins are there. Um, but again, he just has those handful of plays each game where he just gets happy feet and just starts running around in the pocket when there's really no need to, or instead of just taking two steps up in the pocket, he just turns around and runs to where, you know, the ends can then just easily converge on him. I mean, that's got to be frustrating as an offensive line. I'm sure you've seen the clip on Twitter. He took one of those sacks and no linemen even went to help him up. They all just kind of turned their back on him and said, dude, that's on you, man. Like we had a protection and you just decided to take off running backwards. So I think, you know, there's a lot of things that the Broncos need to improve on. And again, I said it in, I think it was the last episode, like Russ isn't the number one problem. I don't think he's been a solution. I I think it's clear that him and Sean, obviously clear based on the moves made today, but, or what was done today, but it's one of those things where it's like, Russ wasn't able to get this roster over the hump and kind of make up for it's shortcomings and it's tough i mean the receivers that he's out there working with i mean that guy that caught the game tying touchdown I think brandon johnson it's like you know that guy's a practice squad guy has four career touchdowns so when that's your number two option at that point sutton goes out with concussion then you got judy and i don't you know maybe brandon johnson's three whatever you want to call him but the roster's not there we need a complete revamp of a lot of different areas quarterback receiver probably patch up the offensive line d line needs some work linebackers are pretty solid and then now you get into the conversations like are we going to be able to extend that or is he you know is that now a trade asset i don't know it's going to get weird but yeah i mean one of those things where the game itself, again, another must-win situation against not a very good team, and and you come out flat like that at home, um, it's tough. And yeah, to your earlier point about that being the, the nightcap, I don't know what the NFL was thinking. I don't even know what they're thinking at the beginning of the year, because it's like those weren't too... Exciting teams coming into the season. The Broncos had a lot of question marks. The Patriots had a lot of question marks. And yeah, if you didn't, if you didn't have a rooting interest, um, that that had to be a pretty hard game to just sit through and just like just turnover after turnover and you know three and outs and this and that. But yeah, season's over. You know, Stidham's now the guy for the next two games, and I don't know. I haven't looked. I don't even know. Do you try to lose these two games just to slide up a little bit in the draft order? I don't know. I don't know what at this point, you know, that win streak, you're happy about it, but that kind of screwed you in regards to trying to find another quarterback. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, maybe wait till Shador comes out. Or, I mean, there, there'll be a couple of guys there kind of mid to late round. You know, they probably won't be first, first round guys, but. You have a couple dudes, you know, Jaden Daniels, even like a J.J. McCarthy if you really wanted to kind of take a flyer on that, but we've seen the Broncos do that before, and that hasn't worked. So, I don't know. Feels It's a pretty low feeling because if you rewind to what, when did we make that trade? Was it probably February, January, February of last year?
0: yeah something ago, like i like that. I thought it was more towards the spring summer
1: yeah maybe yeah so but, yeah, but it, it you know, yeah. regardless yeah you rewind to that time of year when you get russ you're kind of thinking we're back then you have the disaster of last year bring in sean okay maybe he can turn it around and you start one in five you're ready to just sell the team go on a win streak you get your self excited about the playoffs and now you're just back to back to reality
0: Right now, in this moment, I'm not talking history. I'm talking right now, today. Who's in a worse spot, the Denver Broncos or the Colorado Rockies?
1: It'll always be the Rockies. Always be the Rockies. Even
0: today, not regardless Even, of the history. Today, yeah. Okay.
1: No, today because I think you still look at the ownership. <laughs> the Broncos' ownership in their short stint seems like they have. A passion to win and want to win and dick has no just no motivation for that it seems like he's he's pretty happy with where he's at
0: what stands out to me about the broncos is you 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 lose four home games to losing teams raiders commanders jets and patriots all games at home that the broncos lose Regardless of a of a of a five game winning streak, six out of seven, you and they are all very winnable. All of them. The Commanders was that hail mary loss. The Jets was we were ten-
1: up by like twenty. We were up by twenty That's in right. the second half. That's
0: right. The Jets game was close throughout. The Raiders game at the beginning of the season was a one point game, and then the, obviously the game winning field goal on Christmas Eve. I I I don't know. One thing about Russell Wilson's gameplay, instinct. His instinct is is not what it used to be. He has the similar abilities. He looks a little bit slower, but instinct is not there. And you mentioned it with a couple plays in the pocket, thinking he's sensing it one way. And I'm just not seeing other quarterbacks do it. And talk about it being the year, the backup quarterback. I'm seeing backup quarterbacks doing things that Russell's not able to catch on. Like, I'm seeing guys sense, backup quarterbacks sensing defenders, DNs coming from behind and moving up appropriately where Russell Wilson is not even seeing it coming or feeling it at all. And so his instinct is gone. I won't dive into why I think that is, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, whether whether you side with Russell Wilson or you side with Sean Payton, Sean Payton and management is always going to win. When it comes to that line, is, is Russell Wilson's the leader of the players on the field? That is where his authority ends at that point. He has no more authority after that point, players on the field. So regardless of if you think, and I agree, I I I I lean Russell Wilson. I'm like, Sean Payton, what are you doing? You know, you came in here and and you're calling all these plays, and maybe maybe that was his plan. Maybe that was his plan from all along that I don't want Russell Wilson here. So I'm gonna kind of, you know, just and I don't see him actually doing that. So I'm just kind of like what, what what's going on here with the play calling? When you when you're down, when you give up two touchdowns in eight seconds, and then you call two run plays for two yards on the next drive, I I don't understand what that play calling is, and I don't know you know we want to we want to stick to what we're good at, but then you had two crazy drives where you were able to tie the game 16 points so that type that that sort of football never makes sense to me to be honest I just never understand how how that kind of how that just all of a sudden uh, appears to happen yet you don't think that's the reason why you're going to win the game so it just blows my mind but
1: well and and if you think back to the winning streak too I mean that was mainly the defense and all those turnovers that they were forcing so true you know in the offense you know yeah seemed like they maybe found a little bit of something but at the end of the day it's like without a few crazy catches by Cortland sutton (laughs) i mean maybe that win streak's not even what it was and so i you know kind of digging deep into the conspiracy theory yeah maybe it was something where sean you know if you think back to kind of the tebow years when tebow kept winning and they just panned a john elway in the booth and he was just so mad And he's like, no, I want to move on from this guy. But now the fans love him. He keeps on winning. We, you know, snuck out a playoff win. So it could have been something similar where, you know, Sean very early on made up his mind and maybe didn't give Russ a fair chance in play calling or whatever it might be. Um, and then, yeah, the defense caught fire there and the offense was, you know, able to make enough plays to where we strung together some wins. But, um, yeah, we're kind of in no man's land now. I mean, it's it's one of those worst things where you're going to be just under 500, probably. I'm assuming we'll lose these next two games. I don't know. You got East, Easton... Is Easton Stick going to play? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> so it's like Jared Stidham and Easton Stick. Who knows? And then you got the Raiders. So I don't know. And that, again, I don't even know if you want to win those games. I think at this point, season's over. You try to lose and maybe you can steal another pick or two um, as far as, you know, in the draft order, move up a little bit. But yeah, this is worst case because now we're a little bit under 500. Don't have a quarterback. We have a coach that has won a long time ago, but that was with a Hall of Fame quarterback. And you're kind of in that discussion of how good was Sean Payton? Really? I don't know. We'll see.
0: Oh, you're having that conversation with Bill Belichick, you know, in the in the same realm. And uh, and again, I, I I think obviously Russell Wilson is on the downhill of his career. He might disagree with me, which that is ok. Um, he's going to protect himself and he's going to he's going to, you know, uh, you know, root for himself but at the same time. He's not an evaluator. And what they're seeing up top is just not what what, what the direction they want to go with. And and um, I'm, I'm pretty sure he was signed before the new ownership came in. So, you know, I, I think that's another big thing is when ownership has come in and they have put their foot down on some things they could have waited. You know, that
1: was like their first. That was like their first signing. Now thinking back to it, oh, well, I yeah. thought it was
0: George Payton's first signing, but I, I thought the I ownership was made, more towards I the fall. I think
1: he made the trade. I think he made the trade, and okay. then I think it was the new ownership had taken control.
0: Because I thought I thought it was George. Yeah, Payton. Maybe I'm that wrong made, about that. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Because I th- I thought I, I I thought the other way. So regardless, the what they did with Nathaniel Hackett and not waiting for the season and just kind of putting the putting the kibosh on it. When they did, um, it seems like an ownership group that's really wanted to, wanted to see results and wanted to see him quickly. Uh, they made the move with Russ. They made the move with Sean Payton. They gave up a lot. You know, is there someone in mind, you know, one quarterback you didn't mention, which I've actually heard the Broncos have some interest in is Penix from Washington. Which I don't, you know, I I don't know if he's that much of an NFL talent, but he's got some dog in him, and I, and I love the way he balls out, and so, but he is a little injury prone. I mean, he 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 almost retired from football before going to Washington because of three season-ending injuries, and then he came, and you know, thank goodness he stayed healthy, and um, you know, ends up being a Heisman finalist, and now in the playoff. But that's something to keep an eye on because, uh, as I mentioned before, injury prone guys scare me, and so you know, if he's going to be one of those guys, maybe keep keep an eye out for him. Uh, and he's one that can drop a little bit if the Broncos don't end up with it with a top top tier pick. But I, you know, moving on from Russell Wilson, you know, it's it's kind of crazy to think about the kind of the the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows of it. Because yeah, when he got traded, I mean, what a what an exciting time that was. Kind of feeling a a Manning like era to come and and winning because this guy is the winningness winningest quarterback in the first 10 years of his quarterback career he's won the most games of any quarterback he had more wins in the first 10 years than Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, any of these cats he he had more wins and that's what you're looking towards so when you and you look at a guy who's been to two super bowls he won one of them you know he, he's a I, I you know i think he's a hall of famer uh, it, it, it's And then he comes in a the complete de- decline in, in performance uh, last season for sure. And then, you know, definitely not on par with what you see because, you know, I was making jokes on Twitter, but it's like, you know, I, I've not, I mentioned this on this po- on this podcast before, just like this team looks at like the Seahawks. The only difference is the Seahawks always found ways to win, and that was the difference, right? right? They were ugly games, and you always, you know, sc- scrambled, but, like, the Seahawks, they and they, even today, they're still finding ways to win, um, you know, regardless. So, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to see. The dynamic just really didn't work. The pressure was on him from the start because I think, you know, as much as it was exciting, there was still, like, desperation in the air, like, we need you to win, dude, and and for it to go as bad as it did, you know, and and again, I I don't know if you saw the news about them threatening to, you know, cut him if he didn't do, if he didn't change his financial stance on the on the injury stuff and so you're wondering do the broncos really care about the draft or do they care about the money and you know there might be there might be both but you know there's obviously a huge importance of money here that they're trying to take care of and you know it is not and it does not include russell wilson in the future at all i don't see any reason how russell wilson is a denver bronco next season if he is something went wrong
1: yeah no i i agree i think at this point they've made up their mind that they're going to eat their money and i think I think we'll have a lot of questions answered, kind of about how the rest of the league feels about Russ, you know, after he's cut. And I just, I see, I mean, there's a lot of teams right now with backup quarterbacks. A lot of that's due to injury. I mean, it's going to be interesting if a team will kind of take a chance on him. Obviously, they're not going to pay him anything. Like the Broncos did,
0: but... The backup quarterbacks are doing well, man. The backup quarterbacks are actually doing well, and that's another scary part. Aiden O'Connell is doing a good job. Jake Browning is doing a good job. DeVito there for a hot second was doing a good job. Um, Sam Howell, I don't know. Was he the starter at the beginning of the season? I can't remember if he was. Okay, so then never mind on that. Um, You know, some of these backup quarterbacks, they've they've, they've stepped up. And, um, you know, Josh Dobbs did there for a second. Look at the Browns. Jacoby Brissett almost came back uh, for the Browns there You know earlier this season. Some of these backup guys are are stepping up and I'm like, okay, that that's not helping Russell's case at all being on the other on the wrong side of 30 and with his last two seasons and that money, uh, I I don't I don't I don't know how how that's helping his case because, you know, I'm sticking with my backup quarterback in in a sense if he's cheaper, you know?
1: Right. Right, and that's always the conversation. And it is crazy how this year it seems like it's it's been one of those more extreme years in recent history where there's been so many backup quarterbacks. And like you said, a lot of them have had this successful few game run to where in the past, it always felt like, you know, if you're on your backup, the season was over. Even if, you know, if you're starting really? out for three games, you were done for. And I think there's, you know, I think talent levels have gotten, you know, more, more vast in that regard to where there's a lot of more talented guys coming out of college. I think the rule changes in the way the college game, is more open and spread that probably helps and then you get to the nfl and you know it's a little bit different of of a rule style than in the past So i'm sure all those things come into play but yeah it is crazy it's like back in the day when you got up on if you were playing a backup quarterback you chalk that up as a w and now it's like i don't know maybe this guy's due to go out and throw for 400 yards like what it's just so different than what it felt like in the past but yeah, it'll I like I said, I don't expect much of a market for Russ. Um and yeah, maybe the Broncos just go try to find a quote unquote backup guy that can start hot for six games and then, you know, eventually cool off and then focus on the draft after next season. I don't know. It'll be like I said, it's not a fun spot to be in.
0: I mean, I'm looking at Shador. I'm like, I want the Seahawks to draft Shador. So, you know, Broncos should draft Shador and keep him in Colorado and keep him keep him close to Dad because Dad's not going anywhere according to according to Coach Coach Prime. Dad, he's he's staying. He's a buff for life. So, might as well keep Shador nearby in Denver. You know, and that would man, that would you talk about bringing some uh, some energy and some swag uh, to Denver? That would it'd change real quick. It change real quick. That would
1: be so interesting if he did. If the Broncos drafted him, because it's one of those things where it's like in college, the fan base is so different to where if Shadour started two and four, all of a sudden you're the most hated guy in town. And from what I kind of noticed a little bit about him. As the season kind of got away from the Buffaloes, like I don't think he'd handle that very well, and so that would be something that would be really interesting for a guy like that to come in and just have, you know, especially with Dion, if Dion was still in Boulder. Yeah. All right, let's just go down this rabbit hole. So the Broncos draft door. He starts two and five, couple of bad losses, and then you have, you know, now the press asking prime after you know a loss to utah hey so like how you know have you talked to shadur what's this and what's that and you know he goes on his no shadur's a sanders he's, he's gonna be great this it it would just be such a crazy dynamic of you could potentially have like the entire state hate the broncos starting quarterback but at the same time be in love with his dad assuming prime continues on his trajectory to where we think he'll get to that'd be wild that'd be that'd be Again, talk about the state of Colorado being all over headlines. We'd be there.
0: I want to go deeper in this rabbit hole. Is Deion Sanders, because you mentioned something about, what well, something that you said here just clicked with me and made me want to ask this. Is Deion Sanders just a successful LeVar Ball? Yeah.
1: I mean, at the end of the day, I think, I think that's why a lot of people didn't like LeVar Ball is... He was doing a lot of the same stuff. Which, again, we say same stuff, a.k.a. being a supportive dad. So, like, let's kind of simmer down on that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he's he's doing all these great things. You mean How supporting he? his kids? Weird. Yeah, so strange. He wants all of his kids to be successful. Not me. But Not yeah, me. Levar, LeVar was one of those things where it's like, <laughs> Dion has Dion was prime time before any of his kids, right? So he built... He built that LeVar was obviously never anywhere near a on Sanders type level. And then his kids were like, not that great. I mean, you got LaMelo who's still, you know, solid for Charlotte, but, um, and at the end of the day, are the Sanders kids really that good? I don't know. Like, will Shador ever pan out to be an NFL quarterback? Not sure. Is Shiloh going to do anything? Maybe not, you know, maybe someone takes a late
0: round flyer on him, but, um, I don't think Shiloh yeah, I think totally. Shador, Shador. I mean, he's got the talent again, I think there's more of a of a maturity, you know, right. type thing that needs at to go with him. But I mean, when you watch that kid play, I mean, he's got he's got some superstar in him. It's yeah. just can he reel it in and 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 right. translate it to the league because I mean, he could be a I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. he looks like sometimes he looks like Tom Brady in the pocket and then he looks like you know, like a running quarterback, a Russell Wilson in the open field, you know, running the ball a little bit. Yeah. It's just like, I, but then other times, yeah, he's thinking too much. And then he kind of makes his own decisions and kind of just like, you know, runs the show kind of a little, little cockiness to him. So, you know, I, it's there for Shador, but, you know, and Dion, Dion has said that Shador's has always been the most like Dion um, and has that right. Dion in him. And, and, and I'll say, you know, watching him on the field, I love the way he plays the game he just has, you know, he's young, so I'm hoping the next season really turns him into something because I'd love to see him ball out in the league. I mean, Shador Sanders as a top-notch quarterback in the NFL, I mean, that would be so much fun to watch.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, he has that, he has that charisma that you mm-hmm. tune in every week, no matter what the record is, you know, yeah, you're, you're wanting to watch him.
0: We'll kind of stay on the football. I know we've talked a lot of football here and a lot of Broncos, a lot of local stuff. You know, there's a lot of big games coming up this weekend. We're not going to really dive into those too much um, because, you know, there's so much up in the air. And who knows how things are going to go uh, when, it, when it comes to these things. And um, you know, there's a lot of games to go over. And we've, we've talked a lot of football already. But what we're going to do, we are going to stay on the football, football realm um and and we're gonna go we we've we've kind of talked about this a little bit we're gonna we're gonna go through a little top five we're gonna do a little top five list um and and i want to ask you do you want to do straight top five or do we want to do a draft sort of thing how do you how do you feel about this
1: let's do straight
0: top five Let's let so, Let's see kind of how how much we agree on these stuff. So we're gonna go with top five active quarterbacks, and that's regardless of if they're injured or not. So you can keep a Joe Burrow in this. You can keep a Kirk Cousins in this if you want to have them in your list. Um, but that is uh, top five active quarterbacks. Um, and do you
1: want to go? Do you want to go total resume or just based on you know their talent? I mean you want to do base however you want to make yeah, them. What do you I mean, want to i'm
0: do? just thinking however whatever you feel is a top 5 quarterback if you want to explain yourself that's fine um but i i want i want to know your your active top 5 qbs um in the nfl right now injuries do not matter so in their if they're healthy um at, but they got to be active so they got to be playing right now um who who's who's your who's your top 5 and and we'll go in order we'll go in order
1: so I'm assuming we both have Mahomes at one? Yes. Okay, so that one's easy. Um, I think I think a lot of my guys I'm going to be leaning towards the AFC. Um, Am I crazy to want to put Lamar at two? No, because he's my number two, Brandon. Okay, all right. Now we're talking. Okay, so Lamar two. And I think a lot of that's this year. I think he stayed healthy this year. You know he doesn't have, he doesn't have the stats. Like I think even Dak Prescott has better stats, but um, I think he's one of the biggest X factors out there at the quarterback position. Just how he can beat you with his arm and his legs. Um, And I still don't even feel great about their receiving core. I mean, Zay Flowers has done a a decent job this year, but it's like. I'm still not really sold on any of those guys. So, okay, so Lamar's number
0: two. Yeah, and, you know, with, with, with Lamar, I, I I just love he, – he bet on himself again. You know, he keeps calling out I, people for not believing in him, and, you know, he makes jokes about how people called him a running back, and I'm like – and he's done nothing but prove all these haters wrong. And the Ravens have changed their offense completely, if you remember who how they used to play offense and how they do now. And they've built their offense around this guy, and, yeah, they don't – they they've they've gotten by despite their injuries to their tight end and their running backs and receivers. I mean, yeah, Odell's not Odell. Odell's a nice addition to have, but you know, Nelson Aguilar and Odell Beckham and Zay Flowers. I mean, those these are your guys. Um, and and Boy, Mark Andrews being out. I mean, that's right. been a huge piece, and they, they haven't really skipped a beat. They went into San Francisco, um, with a chip on their shoulder and absolutely dominated. And that defense is still Baltimore defense. I don't care what year it is. I do not want to face Baltimore's defense. Ever those are some scary dudes. They they draft so damn well for what they are. Their identity on defense it hasn't changed one dang bit. I love that Baltimore defense. And now you got guys like Kyle Hamilton. Shout out Kyle freaking Hamilton. He gets pancaked, dove on, and then gets up on the same play and then gets an interception on a tip ball. I mean, kids, take a take a take a lesson out of Kyle Hamilton's book. The Ravens are legit. Love to see it. But yeah, Lamar, Lamar, are the two he's, he's deserved that right behind Pat. So who's your three? <sighs> I got Joe Burrow in my three. Okay. I like that. I think Joe Burrow calm, cool, and collected as can be as compared to anyone else in the league. He drops dimes. He's. I just love his. I love his leadership. I love his quiet leadership. Um, he seems like a really down to earth guy, and he balls out. And I think he gets forgotten about a little bit playing in Cincinnati, a team that's kind of been a perennial loser most mo, mo, most of our uh, childhood and, and and adult life. And he's turned around that franchise. You know, he might have the number one weapons around him, but that guy's tough as nails. He takes shots. He sits in the pocket. I I, I think Joe Burrow. I mean, he he's seen it at LSU. We're seeing it in the NFL. He's taking this team to the Super Bowl. Love Joe Burrow. Even though Jake Browning's my guy, man, I love Joe Burrow.
1: Even though you wanted to trade Joe Burrow. Yeah, hey, hey,
0: whoever, whoever gets him is gonna be real happy.
1: I think the Broncos should trade Russ to the Bengals, give Jake Browning a solid backup option in Russ, <laughs> and we'll take Joe Burrow off their hands. Love it. Love it. Get, I'll take... get on the I'll make I'll get on the phone tomorrow. All
0: right.
1: <laughs> Who's in next right, three? So number number four.
0: Do you have Joe in the three?
1: You feeling that? I got Joe in the three. Yeah, I agree. I think Joe's in the three. Um, man, I think I want to put J. I can't decide if I want Jalen Hurts at the four or the five.
0: Well, who? Who's? Who's the other guy?
1: So I'm. I think between Hurts, Allen. Low key, I hate him, but like, I think Dak should be somewhere in the conversation for top five. Is it crazy that Matt Stafford popped into my head?
0: Matt Stafford has been dwindling in this number five hole for me. I like Jalen in the four. I like Jalen in the four. I don't care what people say. That guy is can, can ball out. He's a leader. Yeah, we're, big fan. we're big fans of Jalen. I yeah. think we're, we're and probably we're a pretty well fan our, yeah. our list goes well-rounded. It, it does go with who he is, personality, and stuff like that. But you can't you can't say that our list doesn't have legit guys that can play quarterback. And, again, all these guys have proven it. L- Lamar Jackson has won an MVP. Pat Mahomes has done both with a Super Bowl. Joe Burrow has gone to a Super Bowl. Uh, Jalen Hurts has gone to a Super Bowl. So these guys have done accomplished things. But at the same time, the dope dudes and Jalen Hurts is probably the out of all these guys, Jalen Hurts is the dopest dude. But I like Jalen in the four.
1: Who's got I think this is a I don't think it's as um no pun intended as black and white as the question sounds. But who's got more swag? Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow? I think it's closer than you think.
0: I agree. I think Joe Burrow has one of the greatest quick, like, short clips of all time with his spin throw in Buffalo before that playoff game. In, in the, the snow ice.
1: Or yeah, in the all-white? Oh, my lord. I
0: mean, and then when you put him in the all-white, I mean, oh, my lord. Um, here's the thing. Joe Burrow has this field swag. Not that Joe that Jalen Hurts doesn't. Jalen Hurts does, but Jalen Hurts is very mamba on the field. I think that's Jalen is very locked in on the field. So there's not much swag going on with Jalen on the field, whereas Joe Burrow's got that little dog in him on the field. Jalen outside of the field, though, when it comes to the leadership and the sayings and his little his little rhymes and his little get go, get goings with the team, I think he wins that swag aspect on that side. But then Joe Burrow with the cigarette, with the cigars, and 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 just just being Joe. I mean, you know, they got such different kinds of swag, but I I you know I lean towards Jalen more, my flavor
1: have you seen uh that clip going viral on twitter it's this guy who just like videotapes himself going to target like he gets ready and goes to target and stuff have you seen that guy? so i saw i saw someone tagged him in it and was like jalen hurts without the tush push. i lost it i was like that's so awesome he's just clean big looking dude like all right you know i'm gonna put on my jacket my hat my cologne I'm going to go to Target. I'm going to get some laundry detergent.
0: What's crazy is he sets. Reverse reverse
1: park my blue Honda Accord. He set
0: the camera up like you can walk into the store, set the camera up, point it at the angle, press record, walk back out, record it, do 12 more of those. Then you got to go home and cut and edit all that stuff, bro. I mean, that is crazy. Oh, my God. That guy, man, I don't know if I should be impressed or just disappointed. Like, it's so, I mean, what are we doing?
1: I don't know. But, yeah, I saw that, and someone said Jalen Hurts without the tush push. (laughs)
0: That's hilarious. I
1: lost it. That was awesome. That's Um,
0: quality. Okay, so we got Hurts at the four. We got Dak, Josh Allen, uh, Matt Stafford, and Baker Mayfield for the five. So, back to your Stafford thing. I think at this point in his
1: career, Stafford's maybe a top five quarterback like he can give you a game where he's still a top 5 quarterback but I don't know if he can put together like if even if look if you look at this season you know I know they had some some injuries as far as their weapons and stuff but um you know for a while there the Rams were pretty bad to open up the year yeah so I I don't know I don't know if he's all around top 5 like I said I think you know would he be a guy where I need a win Absolutely, he's in the running for me to say, yeah, give me Matt Stafford.
0: Well, that's the question, I but, guess. So between those three guys, let's go to that question. Between Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, and Matt Stafford, you need a win. Who Who well, are you I'm going with Matt that?
1: Stafford, because he's the only one that's done it.
0: And so that's what's crazy is so then he, with him still playing and the team still succeeding and 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 in the playoffs right now, you know, winning, won a Super Bowl, the career he had in Detroit. I'm not a huge Josh Allen guy. I'd honestly put Dak Prescott over I don't Josh Al i honestly yeah. put Dak Prescott over Josh Allen. So to me, it's more of a Dak or Matt Stafford. And then if I'm going between those two, that's why I'm leading Stafford. Like I low-key have Stafford in my five. Like active quarterbacks yeah, right think, now. I I, he's legit. He's tough as nails. Um he's 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 won and he he didn't win in Detroit, but that franchise was in shambles. He ends up coming to LA, balling out from the start, staying healthy losing weapons still balling out um I, and then when you look at the guys that i'm putting him up against i like matt
1: yeah i think you convinced me i don't i don't hate having there at five is there anyone we're forgetting like trevor lawrence i don't think he's he's there yet uh, i was joking about baker that, mayfield even though I was, about, I was going there next i was like the fact that you mentioned baker
0: mayfield you know and you've been talking a lot about so top five <laughs> quarterbacks: Jake Browning, Baker Mayfield, Geno Smith, Drew Locke. Geno and Drew Locke in the top five. Russell Wilson and then Jared Stidham. No, <laughs> Russ still doesn't make the
1: cut. Um, yeah. Are we forgetting anyone? I mean, Herbert. I I'm not a Herbert guy at no, all.
0: No, no, I don't think he was there. He crossed my mind, but not there. Purdy.
1: Yeah, top. Five, you know, call us Cam Newton, but no, I don't think Purdy's up there. Um. <laughs>
0: Those tweets about Cam were hilarious as as Hurdy kept throwing picks. and he just kept yeah. showing Cam Cam pictures because Cam's eating that stuff up. But yeah, I don't know about anyone else, really, that we're missing. Um, you know, Joe Flacco, you know, he's active. Um, he is he is active, yeah. Somehow that man is still active
1: and still finding ways to win games. God. Go
0: and Amari Cooper, 250 yards, bro. Unbelievable. (laughs) Uh, Looking around, you know, yeah, you got the Falcons. No, Derek Carr, absolutely not. Jared Goff. Remember
1: how much hype Derek Carr had when it was announced that he was leaving the Raiders? And, like, there was so much of, like, where's Derek Carr going to go? It's like, what? I have more hope in Russ. It's like, no kidding. That guy's awful. He's been
0: awful. I don't know what. He's been a mediocre quarterback from the start.
1: ESPN would talk about you know the landing spots for him, and they'd pull up the different odds of like what team he was potentially going to go to, and it was like a big deal for no reason. That guy's not good.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I I didn't get it either. Um, yeah, great guy, great great you know great dude. I, I you know yeah. no, he, yeah. he he always he always had he always tried to be. Tried to find his inner Mamba, but he's just not that guy. Um, and so was his brother, David Carr wasn't good either. I mean, they're just mediocre. He was awful. They're yeah. just mediocre. Yeah, Derek Carr is better than Derek, but um, David. But um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, Derek Carr, absolutely not. Uh, you know, Justin Fields, Jordan Love, no. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, I mean, he's he's probably in the top 10 active quarterbacks, maybe top yeah, eight. He, uh, yeah, seven, six or
1: seven. Yeah, maybe eight, depending on where you want Dak and everyone to land. Yeah, I think that's fair. But no, I think I got nothing wrong with that top five. I'd stand by that one.
0: Yeah, so we got we got Pat Mahomes in the one, Lamar Jackson in the two, Joe Burrow in the three, Jalen Hurts in the four, Matt Stafford in the five. Um, I think that's a respectable list. I'd love to see what what, what do the people think? You know, let us know. Uh at Two Guys Talking Podcast. Email us at two guys talking podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram, Facebook. Throw us a shout. Let us know what you think. Or throw us a text message because people just like to text us because they know us too well. So they're just like, hey, let's just talk to you directly. So um let us know what you think about our top five. Um, you know, Pat Mahomes, is he in danger of losing that one spot at all? I think he'd have to have
1: maybe one more season like this like this one
0: yeah you know yeah, I do right
1: now right now it feels like nothing's going the chief's way and you'd like to see your quote-unquote all-time great quarterback overcome that but clearly not the case and he is turning and i've never liked him chiefs guy obviously no reason to ever root for that guy so always hated him but it's funny to kind of watch the public a little bit start to turn on him you know you see more and more clips about him whining or you know just his facial expressions or different things which on a football field like those happen every single play whether you're 15 and 0 or 0 and 15 you're always gonna you know make a quick comment to your coach or teammates it's like we know that's the reality but it's funny to start you know, to kind of see it shift a little bit in the public eye of like, man, this guy's kind of a whiny little brat. It's like, no kidding. Like all he's ever done is one. So when it gets difficult, yeah, he's going to get frustrated. Now, I don't know if it's, you know, all the way to the extreme of him whining, but I don't like the guy anyway. So I'll say he's a whiny, whiny guy.
0: You know, that the team's just not there. There's as beatable as they've ever been with having him as quarterback Uh, the Raiders coming into Arrowhead and beating him on Christmas and Jack Jones staring him down and then taking the ball away from the kid, which he wasn't really taking the ball away from the kid. He said that the parent was trying to take it from the kid, but I know he was taking it from the kid because I just love it. Raiders chiefs on Christmas. I mean, you talk about some, some heated, uh, you only could wonder what people are saying, uh, you know, on that day on the TV on Christmas, uh, Christmas mid morning. But Antonio. Yeah,
1: everyone had lost. Everyone had lost the meaning of Christmas in that game for those three hours at Arrowhead. The meaning of Christmas was gone. It was uh
0: it's it was something you see. Travis Kelsey getting really frustrated, not really. I mean, he had some plays, he had some balled out plays where he's trucking dudes, but again, the drop passes, the miscues, they had another offensive offsides again on a receiver. Um, you know, just basic stuff. And again, when you get cocky and things kind of go your way, um, this is what happens. And and the NFL is a place where rules are changing all the time, things are changing. You gotta keep up. You gotta keep up. Um, the rules are changing everywhere in every sport every year. Uh, we were going to talk about the MLB rule ch- rule changes uh, a little bit here. I mean, they're changing constantly, and so you know, it's it's your job to really. And, and again, when you when it, when it comes to checking with the referee, that's basic arithmetic, guys. Like you just you go and check. You, I didn't play receiver. Give him a thumbs up. Yeah, I I know you're supposed to look over. It's just like a it's like a thing you do. I I just don't get it. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's in any danger of losing that one spot um, you know unless Lamar does some Joe Flacco stuff in the playoffs you know I mean that's that's pretty much one thing that could go nuts but um, I don't I don't really see that happening but uh, moving forward here we're going to transition a little bit um Brandon you have a, you had a game for me that you created last time we're going to go back to that game um you know, we, we you call the game, who was he better with? And so you give me uh, some names of guys that played on multiple teams, and I'm supposed to give you my opinion on uh, which team they played better, better with. So, you know, we started off with LeBron James and Jalen Ramsey, uh, J.R. Smith, which were some fun ones, some tough ones. But uh, what do you got for me today? Let's start with uh, Andre Igadawa as multiple teams huh yep so you could go all the way back to the philly days he was on one of those days. he was on one of those nuggets teams that were extremely good um man yes, when he, he was, was in philly
1: trader he went boy, trader status with that nuggets team
0: boy when he was a philly i mean he made his name off being a high flyer i mean that dude could fly out of gym in philly um, I'm gonna go with Philly just to just to show respect for the olden days. You know, I I know he won the rings, but he did not. He won the Finals MVP. Uh, you know that again. I just he, the team around him. He was not. Yeah, cool. You shut LeBron down to 40 and 20. Like, I'm so proud of you. You know, way to win the MVP. Look at LeBron's numbers that final series, and Iguodala was defending him the whole time, and he won Finals MVP. So uh, again, uh, Philly. He, he he had maybe the more personal career success in Golden State, but uh I just have three names to say Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. So Philadelphia for Igor dollar. Kevin Garnett. Oh man, you got good ones, Brandon. You got good ones. Um man, he won an MVP in Minnesota. He brought him brought him back to the playoffs. I think he won rookie of the year as well um and then again he joined a big three which we still talk about their one championship that they won with those big three and then their arch rival goes the next year and goes back to back and we don't even talk about those two as much as the celtics talk about their one i mean my goodness they still all, and then that oh was,
1: their their claim to fame really was just continuing to keep lebron out of the finals no, like, that, that's, that's their it. biggest that's their biggest thing i mean yeah they got their one against la but like They They love to talk about how they own LeBron.
0: Well, they went two out of three years, so they went. It was it was Boston, then it was Orlando, and then it was Boston again. So they, you know, they did. Um, But I mean, yeah, congratulations. I guess. I mean, you know, whatever. Like in the end, we have the last laugh. You know, Game Seven in Staples Center. That's the last taste of the finals that they've gotten. And, uh, well, I guess they lost to the warriors. So, um, you know, that that's, that's, you know, too bad for them. I actually thought they were going to win that series against the warriors, but to answer your question, Minnesota. I love it.
1: One of the biggest like pictures that always stick out in my mind in regards to those Lakers, um, Celtics finals for some reason was, uh, Nate Robinson jumping on Glenn Davis's back. like. I think Nate hit Nate hit some sort of shot. I don't even remember what happened, but I just remember Nate Robinson jumping on Big Baby's back. Just happy as all heck.
0: Was Nate Robinson on those teams? I believe so. Man. It was the My time is all messed up.
1: And maybe I I know he, well, I know, he like a, a I know he was know he was a
0: journeyman. So, I can't remember when Nate Rob all was. I know he was in Chicago, he was in Denver. Um, he was in Boston. You know, so that, I mean, Nate Rob, but I mean, that's. So he was
1: on that 2010 to 2011
0: team. Yep. So that was the team. At, no, so that was the team uh, that the Lakers beat the Magic. That was that year. So
1: maybe that was in the Eastern Conference. I
0: believe. Wait, no, no, no. That was. No, no that was. You're right. You're right. 09-10 was Orlando, and then 11-12 or 10-11 was Boston. So you're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah, so Yeah, that would have been what like junior year? That was my junior year of high school. Okay. Maybe senior year, but yeah, it was it was high school. Um man, I remember like it was yesterday. I was at this house party and I was the only one watching the TV. No one gave a crap because it was Lakers Celtics. And I'm like, "I'm watching." Right. Um, I'm watching. I'm dialed in. I'm dialed in, but man, I mean that game ended like 84 to 80. I mean, you got to just love the defensive grind. Um, you're talking about a game seven under. There's one for you. And uh, Kobe shot like seven for 21. Uh, you know, Rasheed yeah, this- Wallace was on that team, uh, which is some. I I forget that Rasheed Wallace. You have KG and Rasheed Wallace on the same team. I mean, you talk about words flying. I mean, that is a matchup I would be. They'd get in my head so quick. Um, but. At the same time, so I just I just entered the picture, and they have the finals <laughs> patch on the jersey. But for some reason, man, that picture always stuck in my head. So every I saw one year, the picture so small. I know Nate's time. Well, he tried to do that with Shaq. There's a video of him practicing with Shaq, and he tries to he dunks on Shaq, and it's like I don't know how Nate Rob can dunk, but um, Nate. Man, I was a huge Nate Robinson fan, dude. He went to Washington. He was Husky. Um, when he came to Denver, I you know he me and him had a quick moment because long story short. Uh, you know, we were at, me and my sister were at the bulls game. It was shortly after Derek Rose came back from his ACL. So it kind of worked out that we had tickets to that Bull. My sister got me tickets to the bulls game. And then we got to see Derek Rose after the ACL tear. And then at halftime, uh, we were just grabbing some food and we were standing at one of those tables eating. And this couple walks up to us and says, Hey, we're leaving. Do you want our tickets? And we said, sure. And they were no joke, dude, like mid-court, like on the court, like row two courtside. Wow. And like for the second half, we sat right there, and there was a moment where Nate Rob was taking the ball out of bounds, and this was when the uh, Uncle Drew was going on, so Nate Rob was a part of that, and his name was Lights. So me knowing this, I start chant- I start shouting at him, I'm like, yeah, let's go Lights, let's go Lights, and he because i said that i think that kind of clicked him because anyone could just say nate rob but i called him lights and he turned and he totally gave a little chuckle and then moved on that's my one claim to fame with uh, nate robinson on nba floor so i got my because i was a huge fan so I was, it, it felt really special because i followed him in college and he was just as electric in college as he was in the nba i mean what a fun guy to watch um but you know that team lost to the lakers in seven so oh well and that's that one claim to fame. I swear to God, dude. All they talk about is that yeah, we won one. And I'm like, okay, cool, man. I mean, let's not talk about the other elephant in the room, Kobe Bryant. You know, that's fine. All right, who, who's next? Randy Moss. God, I love Randy Moss. He's, he's probably my favorite receiver of all time. DK Metcalf is getting close. But Randy Moss is uh, one of my favorites, probably my favorite receiver of all time. I remember both. Even he was with the Raiders for a second, but that doesn't count in this one. I remember both Raiders and Vikings days. I remember watching. I just, man, electric.
1: <sighs> I think for me, yeah, it's I, well, I'll i let you pick first, and then I'll kind of give my two cents.
0: Um, I, it's hard for me not to go with Minnesota, so I'll go with Minnesota.
1: I agree. That's what I was going to say. And I think his,
0: the stint that he had in
1: New England obviously was crazy with, you know, the production that him and Brady had. But it was just so short. Yeah, I think Minnesota um, probably gets the nod. Yep. Uh, let's do Kevin Love.
0: UCLA. I'm just kidding. Uh, Not a bad <laughs> Uh Cleveland. I know over Minnesota. Yeah, so I know, I know, I remember what he did in Minnesota. I remember. I just, I, I just liked the player he was in Cleveland, and I just, I liked how he grew his game, and and really, you know, I, I just feel like he couldn't shoot the three ball as well in Minnesota, and he really honed that in when he went to Cleveland. I, I don't know. Yeah, and then and, and again, and you know, team success was, really wasn't there in Minnesota at all. Um I yeah, I, I I like him in Cleveland.
1: Yeah, I don't hate that. Uh let's do two more. Um Justin Verlander.
0: Call me crazy. I'm not a big Kate Upton fan. Call me crazy. That would that would
1: classify you as crazy. So Justin
0: Verlander, you 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 know, you don't have to worry about me, bro. Don't worry about me. I'm you know, you're safe. <laughs> You're safe from me, dude. Don't, worry. <laughs> don't, don't even fret. Um, And don't get me wrong. People will be like, well, oh, so you think Margot Robbie is not attractive? I'm like, no, I never said that. I'm just saying specifically with Kate Upton. I'm just not a <laughs> not, not, not a huge fan. Um, Justin Verland.
1: Real, real quick, real quick. Is Sydney Sweeney, is that her name? Yes. Is she like this era's Kate Upton per se? Is that like a fair comparison?
0: I guess so. I Without mean, i
1: getting too far into it, but it seems like this seems like kind of similar. Yes. Yeah. Traits. Oh yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think I, I think I'd agree with that. Uh, Justin Verlander, yeah, he's had two stints with the Strohs. Uh, I, I'm gonna go with those tiger, the Tigers, man. That that, and it might be just because of how stacked that Tigers team was with who all they had on that team. Um, he was. He won the dominant. MVP with the Tigers too. Yeah, and, I mean, and he, he won was, an MVP. Was, yeah, there you go, an MVP yeah, he, with that. Yeah. How tough is that as a pitcher to win an MVP? You just don't see that often. Um, you don't see that at all anymore. Uh, yeah, Tigers, Justin Verlander. Love it.
1: All right, last one of the day. This one will stretch way far back into our younger years. Okay. Warwick Dunn. Warwick Dunn. If you even remember him. Oh, I remember him. Running back, y'all. Running back. Running back. And Atlanta. The Hawks or the Falcons? Atlanta,
0: I think so, too. Atlanta. I'm going to go with Atlanta. I, that, that one... Uh, I feel like he may he was he was more famous as a Falcon too. Like he kinda he, he was kind of that guy. Um and he he was he played for a while. And running backs back then, they played for a minute. And he was one of those guys. Yeah, Falcons. I saw um
1: a tweet this weekend that I guess I just was way off on. How old do you think Leonard Fournette is?
0: Leonard Fournette is 25.
1: Oh, you went low. Okay. He's 28. I thought he was like 36.
0: I did not think he was. Tw- I, I I didn't. I would have been surprised if he was 30. I thought, yeah, I thought he was younger. D- dang. 28, though. That's still at 28. I didn't think he Which was. wide well, he wasn't at LSU yes. that long. Like, I remember I'm playing at LSU.
1: And for me to think that he's older than 28 doesn't make a lot of sense. But just with like how many injuries and how many times he's been signed by teams in December. Like every year he's signed by a new team in December. And so it just like feels that, but I, I have some reason thought, yeah, he's 30, maybe low thirties, but yeah, 28.
0: Well, and for me, my mind goes crazy because college basketball ruins it for me. So I forget the NFL kids are like 21 when they get to the league, whereas high school, you know, college kids in the NBA kids are like 19 um, when they get into the league. So I was thinking Leonard was like 19 when he got to the NFL now. So, yeah, I mean, I should have probably guessed 30 would probably thinking about that way. I would have thought 30, 32. So, yeah, I mean, then 28 and good for him. I mean, he doesn't run like a 28 year old, but um or maybe he does depends on how you look at it
1: (laughs) yeah yeah an nfl
0: an nfl 28 year old or a normal 28 year old we talked about this off air um but i want to bring it up on air in terms of my i have three hall of famer knots for you well first one is joe flacco
1: no and i i don't like joe flacco I think he made most of his name that Super Bowl run, which is fine because he got paid. He can be a quote-unquote elite quarterback for that stamp, but his whole resume, I don't think, is Hall of Fame. And I told you this, too. I hate how much love he's getting right now. It's so annoying. (laughs) Like, he's in the perfect situation, and he's just... I think people are going to want him to get signed to some like crazy multi-year deal. It's like, do we not remember what he was with the jets or the Broncos, or even at the end of his tenure with the Ravens, like this guy was not good. And then he walks into this team where they can run the ball at will. Their defense is incredible. And he just kind of gets to like sling the rock a little bit when they want to do a play action. It's Like I am so over how much love he's getting. Uh, if Raheem Moore, if Raheem Moore made that play, if he was any any somewhat of an athlete, then I probably feel different about Joe Flacco because they wouldn't have won. And it is what it is, but I, I can't forget that play or Joe Flacco. So that's my take.
0: Russell Wilson,
1: no, nope. I think it was borderline when he came to Denver. Eh, maybe not borderline. I think it was probably. Leaning more towards a Hall Hall of Fame quarterback. The Denver years have done nothing but hurt that argument. And I think there's going to be a lot of people when it comes to Russell Wilson kind of having that was it Russ or was it the defense or beast mode? I mean, there's a lot of different arguments you can make. And I know you feel completely different about Russ than I do, but I don't think he's. At that
0: level, I, I think what he did—he—he—he he, he not only won in Seattle, but he was breaking records, and he win a, won a Super Bowl. And so that's—I give him that credit. He's the only Super Bowl to throw—that's how good that defense was. He's the only Super Bowl to throw two touchdowns at two hundred yards in a winning Super Bowl and not win the MVP um, because that's how good that defense was. So, um, you know, yeah, I mean, I—the Denver years didn't help, and so I don't know how much that's going to affect, uh, you know, and how much that does affect Hall of Fame status, but. Well,
1: in reality, I mean, those last couple of years with the Seahawks don't help. I mean, it's so true. like, imagine true. yourself in that room for the Hall of Fame, and they have to go. Say if Russ plays for another two years, I mean, so what? They have to like kind of forget about the last like five, six years of yeah. his career. I mean, that's tough.
0: No, you're right. And then his success came in in a, in a chunk of time. Um, no, you're, you're right. It's so
1: early. I think that's right. I think that's going to hurt him the most is that it was so early. He didn't have that normal Two and t- three. trajectory of, you know, kind of gradually improving. And then you have your couple of years at the top and then you gradually, it was like way to the top instantly. And then just kind of this gradual decline.
0: No, if you, if you, if you beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter what he, what happens after that. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. 100%.
1: And it's crazy how and the fact that, that he threw the pick.
0: Correct. You know, if Marshawn fumbles it or, you know, fumbles snap because it's the, it's the center. You know, I you know, there's different things. He threw it through the pick. It's crazy how much that affects a legacy. And I think that's part of the reason he wanted to get out of Seattle. And clearly it was just, you know, dig down and stick with it, bro. Because the franchise clearly knows what they're doing. I don't know if he necessarily does. Um, well... It just the last point on Russ, you know, I kind of
1: mentioned like the market's going to answer a lot of questions. I yeah. think Seattle already answered all of those questions. <laughs> the fact that they were moving on from the only quarterback to ever bring them anything. No the kidding. Fact that they were like, yep. Yeah. And it was the same coach. It wasn't like a new coach came in. Same GM, same coach, same yeah. everything. And the fact that they were like, yeah, you know, thanks for the memories. See and you they later. brought
0: Bobby Wagner back. Right. Love Bobby hall of famer that's a hall of famer um rajon rondo
1: i don't like him either i hate a lot of players what i'm kind of finding out in these conversations like i don't like a lot of guys
0: you're not gonna Uh, like the next one either
1: (laughs) i unfortunately i think rondo's probably a hall of famer you mentioned the big three and boston they always get talked about the fact that it was in boston and for a while there i mean he was electric as a point guard i mean that guy was you know it feels like he kind of brought back to life the the point guard position and in, in the standpoint of a passer
0: he low-key is my mvp of that 2020 lakers team i mean what he was able you to You talk bring... about a
1: dog dude he wanted it
0: Dude. And I mean, he was balling out and making plays like unselfish plays, which is the way he always plays. And he was making threes. Um, the picture with the sun after they won is an all-time picture on the court. Uh but okay, yeah. Rondo, okay, so this one you're not gonna like either. And I think I know your answer, but gotta throw it in there because some people will think otherwise. That's why I threw him in there. Russell Westbrook.
1: I think. He- Okay, I think he'll get in. I don't think he should be in. I think he'll get in. And that's also... Because th- the basketball Hall of Fame is so strange, man. I mean, it's just one giant thing. And so... I think he'll get in. With what he was doing in the triple-double years. Um, before that, you know, he was still... Kind of an athletic point guard that we hadn't really seen in a while. Yeah, I think he'll get in. I don't think he should be in, but he'll probably get in.
0: Last one for the day. Barry Bonds.
1: Absolutely. Put the guy in. Come on. Everyone was doing it.
0: Yeah, I mean when the when when the MLB is not doing anything about it and turning a shoulder to it, it's not even like that they were like Yeah, and, and yeah, you could say, Well, just because everyone's doing it doesn't mean it's right. Yeah, well the MLB didn't do anything all those years. I mean, you have guys just right. and at the same time, if you were there, if you were there, and I'm sure we have a population of listeners that were wasn't even there, weren't even born. If you were there, you're not gonna sit there and be like, Yeah, that was not cool. That wasn't cool. I mean, I was I had the luxury of watching Barry Bonds hit his 701st career home run in San Francisco. Electric. I'll never forget that. I saw Barry Bonds play multiple times. Sammy Sosa, Roger Clemens. I saw these guys play, and it was awesome. Even A-Rod. I mean, I don't like Alex Rodriguez. It was electric when Alex Rodriguez came into the house. You know, it was awesome. Let the guy in, man. He's all-time home run leader. I don't care what people say. Uh, stadiums were way different back in the day than they were today. Uh, you know, and the bay with the water, a lot of thick air. You know, he's having to crush the ball through that. Um, I agree. Yeah, very much. And and, the lead, and I want to lead that transition into our you know our final topic of the day, which is MLB. And we haven't had a chance to talk about the big news that has happened. But I wanted to first talk about the rule changes, as most people aren't gonna gonna talk about those. And so you know, we we like to stay on top of what's going on. It affects uh how you watch a game and how you might uh bet on a game so now they changed the rules a little bit for the 2024 season a couple things that they added was now an 18 second clock with the runners on I believe that was was that 20 or 15 last season I think it was 20 with no runners on and then the 15 without I thought or without runners on was 20 and then with runners on was 15 I can't remember
1: so yeah, shows how much of a difference it made, right? If we can't even remember exactly. I mean, I know, or I know one was the other or games.
0: Yeah, uh, so, the, so the so the the clock change for the pitcher. You get four mound visits that changed from five. If a pitcher begins to warm up, he has to face at least one hitter. Um, so that's another rule change, I guess. You know, the pitchers could. So warm I was thinking, thinking about that one. Good.
1: Does that? Does that? I don't remember. It's like seeing that enough to where that would warrant a rule change.
0: Yeah, I don't either. And it probably happens like, during the commercial break is my, is my assumption. Yeah.
1: But at that point, if, if you're already going to commercial, like, what's the difference? I That one didn't really make much sense to me. Like I said, because again, yeah, from a viewership standpoint, if the change was happening, we weren't seeing it. But I think a lot of these changes that are using it out of the motivation of speeding up the game, making it, you know, making the viewership a little bit, um, better from that standpoint. But I don't know. Yeah, that one I was just like, Okay, if that's where you want to focus on, go for it.
0: <laughs> Last one, which is probably the most impactful that we have seen, is the runner's lane to first base has been widened to the infield grass. Um, which is some you know, which is which is one hundred percent true. The Washington Nationals, Davey Martinez, he's had a field day with that call uh in his career with, with the nationals. Uh you know, we've seen it with Trey Turner, we've seen it with other guys too on the Nationals and all over the league. And it just seems like a great area uh of, of of what the lane is, and, and that's kinda how baseball was right in the olden days it's just kind of like yeah it's just it's where it lies it's kind of a judgment thing and we're running into a day and age where we got to the games are turning into less judgment and more of what is actually happening and so this yeah i think that's a good rule i think it helps clear things up a little bit and hopefully you know i'm gonna miss uh you know and what these rules do for me is it takes away the manager confrontation which is what we all look for um in MLB and and I know they're trying to take it down because you know we we, we do this for a living and at a lower level and then we we, we 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 the animosity sucks and the confrontation sucks but when you're a fan of course you want to you want to see that uh but I'm sure you know we saw We've seen a few mic'd up, you know, umpire videos and they're ugly, man. They they get real nasty um, in those conversations. So uh, maybe, maybe that's better for, for the sake of those coaches and whatnot. But uh, your take, your take on the rules, anything, anything stand out to you? Um, I know you mentioned a bit, but anything stand out to you? Crazy one, th- something that you don't like is there anything you don't like. No,
1: I, I think I, the pitch clock, I got, you know, a little bit more used to, and I enjoyed it. They'll go into a game. That was a little bit of an eye-opener. I think you and I went to the first game, at least my first game with the pitch clock, and we got there on time, watched a couple innings, went to go grab some food and drinks, and like three innings went by. So it's definitely something where when you're at a game, you have to be a lot more intentional of like, when are you leaving? There's no longer like, well, let's just wander the concourse and like see what looks good. It's like, no, we need to know what what you know section we're going to, what food stand. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Do you think the the lane being wired? Do you think that's going to change how guys run to first? Do you think they'll it'll have any sort of coaching, or if it's just going to kind of again take away those plays where a guy kind of veered a little bit off. I think you that's know, what more it's going to do. Leading to like a whole coaching point of, because again, I don't know how how you gain an advantage there if you're more left versus more right. I don't know, but.
0: You know, and here's the thing. I think they'll find a way. <laughs> I think they'll find a way to make, to make it matter. Uh, yeah, i sure some analytics
1: guy, yeah, some analytics guy's like, so okay. if you actually run six inches more to the right, The percentage of you getting to first or hit with the ball or whatever, you know, changes. Uh, Yeah. But
0: Barry, it says right here you went five inches, and I need you to go six inches, bud.
1: Yeah. I need you to go six
0: good lord no i i think it more it helps i think it helps the calling and the and the execution of calling that play i think that's what it does um it gives the runner more of a opportunity to just run freely more or less um without having to really focus on his one little lane i mean even track lanes are wider than what they gave the mlb players i'm like you got to give right. him some room to to go and when the ball's going all over the place and how does the runner know when the ball's on his back it, that he needs to get out of the way I mean, it just i it more, I don't think it'll affect. And again, th- these guys will find a way to make it strategic. Um, but I don't, I don't know of a way that they'll actually do that. Um,
1: I want to see. I want to see one of the faster guys in the league. If he has just, you know, kind of a, a bloop or a, not a blooper, but just you know, ball go right off the bat, come right back down to the catcher. And I want to see one of the faster guys just run in a zigzag formation <laughs> and really just throw off the catcher. Just see, just see if that does anything.
0: Someone will, someone, I promise you someone will, uh, you can make all the laws you want and laws are that someone will find a way to break them. So, um, you know, that's, that's, uh, I'd love to see that just like some like guy jumping from side to side, you know, on yeah. the, just looking like a complete moron, but it's thrown away, thrown off the catcher. Like yeah. no one's business. I
1: mean, well, yeah, if you're a catcher, what do you like, you're going to take a second. Like, what is that guy doing? Yeah. Where do I just, go? Let's throw it. Then, yeah, next thing you know, you sail it over the first baseman's head. The guy's on his way to second.
0: Yeah, I mean, playing catcher sucks. I, I mean, I commend all the catchers out there. Good for them. I mean, catcher, everything about being a catcher does not interest me at all in terms of playing a sport. You talk about, like, what position would you play, like, backup hunter, you know, backup third string QB, you know, really comfortable getting paid. But, you, I, dude, catchers, man, that's just a rough, tough position. I, want no, I have no interest. I, I respect them. I got no interest.
1: That one's a tough go. Not only the crouching, but, yeah, not only just, you know, the matter of catching the ball itself, foul tips, all that. Yeah. They look no, like the, they uh, got
0: in a bar fight, you know, after every game. I mean, they just look the like. Yeah,
1: different just bruises and everything. Yeah, their oh, face, they're,
0: the marks on their face from the mask and the sweat. I mean, I'm like, eh, poor guys, but, you know, catchers are dope. Shout out Jason Veritek. So. This transitions so us into It's the first catcher I thought of. Um, Trigger transition hit title. I'm not a Red Sox fan, I swear. Um, I'm a Victoria Alba guy. So we'll transition into the big news. The Dodgers kind of doing. Now we don't need to go through the numbers and and all this stuff about with the, the with the pitcher that they got to Yamamoto. Um, that you know seemed like a shoe in as soon as he went to that Rams game with Shohei. Um, hilarious that the Rams are like you know pushing Shohei like he wasn't in LA this entire time but um you know whatever it's you know it's it's pretty funny yeah now. the guy <laughs> poor, poor Anaheim not giving a <laughs> I like a crap, this guy man. played in Texas yeah, yeah like what are we it, doing cheese he's been he'd been in the been been in the league for a while and speaking of Yamamoto just pops up onto my TV 12 years 325 million um and then Tyler Glasnow uh, you know, you talk about that lineup from top to bottom. Um, adding Shohei in there, you talk about that pitching, starting pitching. You know, with, you know with Kershaw coming back, I assume Kershaw is coming back. Um, but you know, now he's not necessarily the guy, which is uh, dangerous. Um, but now he's not a playoff pitcher, but still dangerous um, nonetheless. And now he's almost like the third guy. Uh, I haven't seen Yamamoto pitch that much, but you got Shohei and and uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto at the two, and then you got you know. Clayton Kershaw at the 3 and then Tyler Glasnow at the 4. Maybe maybe Kershaw's the 4. I mean good Yeah, way. exactly.
1: That's what I was going to say. Yeah, Glasnow might be the third guy.
0: I mean, unbelievable, but my my biggest my biggest questions were coming into this conversation um is it even worth – is this good for baseball? Is it even worth watching baseball this season? And then – and I'm sure it is. You know, when you put up the Braves against the Dodgers or you put up, um, you know, Shohei's first return or if we have Dodgers-Yankees this year or even Red Sox, those matchups might be interesting. Even, you know, any of the – actually, any of the AL East teams might be interesting if they play the Dodgers, Um, to be honest. But, you know, you, the Giants games – I mean, the Giants striking out left and right on these free agents, but – you know all this stuff kind of happening is it even worth watching anymore and the in this season is like oh do we just wait for the playoffs and then see what happens and then on top of that has there ever been it i mean the mlb has not had a salary cap for years um you know is it i don't think we've ever seen really anything like this i mean not even the miami big 3 miami heat big 3 tops kind of what with the kind of money being thrown around and i'm not saying the success is there but like when you talk about like the on paper from top to bottom I mean holy crap. I mean this is unbelievable and I don't know. Personally, I'm like I you know, I'm just going to sit and wait and it's going to be hard to, you know, I, it's almost like you're just wanting to see it's only going to be more interesting if the Dodgers start losing a little bit and that's where conversation happens um because the expectation is obviously 162 and 0 and then, you know, win your way through through the playoffs and win a ring and anything but a championship is not just a failure. That's a complete failure for Dodgers. you talk about pressure being there but the dodgers being the dodgers i don't don't know so two questions is it even worth watching games this year where the dodgers are playing and how baseball is going to turn out are they just a shoe-in and then have we have you ever seen anything like this before
1: yeah i think i think a lot of it's yeah. get to the playoffs and see you know i think the first maybe 10 15 dodgers games you know for for those of us that are not rooting for them, I think it'll be interesting to just kind of watch. But yeah, I think by the time they're, you know, thirty-two and six, I think we're going to be pretty over watching them and just wait till the playoffs and hope that they have some sort of collapse. Um, And yeah, like I said, it, it's definitely World Series or bust. There's no, well, you know, this is a window that we have. It's like, no, you built this team to never lose the World Series ever again. So I don't want to hear. Well, we didn't get it this year. We got an extra. No, you. If you don't win this year, we're coming for you. We're gonna let you hear it. Um, and yeah, you know, I don't think we've ever seen a team top to bottom built this way. You know, I think you can come up with a lot of examples where a team is focused on, and maybe the pitching staff, and brought in a bunch of names and spent a bunch of money. I mean, even if you think about the Mets just recently. Re- and what they tried to do with their pitching staff. So I think teams have done that and, and on the, you know, same same train as, you know, try to bring in a bunch of different bats. If you look at the Padres, right, they tried to do something similar. Now, none of it was as extreme as what the Dodgers are doing and with the type of lineup that they have these guys joining and the type of pitching staff that they have these guys joining. But no, I think this is I think this is baseball's like first official super team from what it feels like. I mean, the fact that it's not only pitching, it's also in, in the bats and in their lineup. Um, It's just crazy, crazy amounts of money. And like we talked about, when we understand that the show, Hey money, you know, there's that deferred money that kind of changes a little bit of the math of what the team feels. But um, yeah, to me, this feels like baseball's first super team and What's kinda scary, I don't see this being the new norm because of the type of money that they're throwing out. And obviously only a handful of teams, not even a handful, I mean only a few teams could do something like this. But I just hope that it doesn't start to turn even more extreme. Cause right now a lot of baseball is just owned by the bigger markets, you know, teams with there being no salary cap. Um those bigger markets are able to kind of do some different things and i don't know if this kind of becomes something where three four years down the road i don't know does baseball all of a sudden have, have a salary cap i was just gonna Try say to that level the playing field
0: i mean, I, was I, gonna mean, I don't if know if dodgers... that's something they want though well if the dodgers lose i think a salary cap's coming i think that that that's what t- i think that's what we need to look out for if the dodgers don't win multiple championships during this time and, and other teams are taking advantage of the, the you know. I mean, we saw it last year. The top three teams in salary didn't make the playoffs. And so it's not all about money. Now, the difference with the Dodgers is not just money. There's proven talent on their roster. And they were already damn near close to a super team before this. And so, you know, you got Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, Max Muncy, Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller, even though he's been hurt. I mean, you have, you have a pretty solid team already and then you're going to come in and add these pieces if if they lose i think that's that's almost a problem because um you know it, i think it could turn it could turn ugly in that way i mean i you know there's other there's other moves going around so there's other stuff happening and it doesn't seem as crazy as what the what the Dodgers are doing i mean the Giants did sign a a big i think Japanese or Korean player um to a 100 hundred plus million dollar contract he's a he's a slugger um you know the Yankees getting Juan Soto I mean and the Yankees are a pretty good roster already beforehand besides the pitching you it, know it, it's curious to see I, I I there might be a salary cap but I think it all just depends on the success or or not of of the Dodgers and how it kind of turns out for him I mean you're talking about if you talk about You know, a window they need to win this year and that's the window of winning but you talk about the window of success i'm seeing like a you know this a a five to eight year window and if they're not coming out with at least two at least two championships that's an utter failure and i don't know if that's necessarily good for the mlb and definitely not good for the dodgers so i'm curious to see uh, and there's still you know, and then and, and outside of that, there's still a few free agents there. Cody Bellinger, Blake Snell, um, still out there in the free agency. Wonder wonder how that's gonna go with Cody Bellinger having a resurrection type year and Blake Snell having a Cy Young type year last season. Curious to see how, how that goes. The Rockies have spent um a whole zero dollars on the free agency. Well that's what I
1: was about to mention is like how discouraging is this for the Rockies in the fan base. Cause we already have an organization that has shown that they don't really care about spending money to try to win. We did it that one year with the bullpen and it backfired extremely to where it kind of like told you this doesn't work. So now, you know, if you're Dick Montfort, why would you go spend money? Cause you can't compete with the Dodgers anyway. And so he's just going to be able to make this argument to the fan base of like, you know, hey, you know, the Dodgers are the Dodgers. And right now we're going to just continue to spend money on your game day experience and have fun coming to the ballpark. All Dodgers fans are welcome and please enjoy our beer garden. And we have this fun little home plate that Matt Holiday touched or didn't touch on display. He didn't, and he didn't touch it.
0: Enjoy our town. He didn't touch it. He definitely did not touch it, but Hey, he, he safe, So he, he, yeah, he touched it. He called safe. So I, I, look, I said this and maybe Dick's on the same page as me. And if me and Dick Monfort are on the same page, then uh, we might have a problem with my, uh, with my thought here uh, but
1: red flag for you yeah
0: red flag but you know you can look at some of the guys on the roster and i told you this i told you this before I, I i i like some of the young core that that they've been able to build some of the big body young core with the nolan jones um and the the brenton doyle um you know the who who's the shortstop already ezekiel tovar um, you know, you got some youth there and they and they, and they made some noise. They made some noise. Um, they made it fun. The Michael Tolia, you know, big first baseman, big body. You know, I, I, they made that kind of fun. Um, you know, are they going to surprise people? I mean, no. we
1: lost 100 games.
0: So. Well, right. You lost 100 games, so, but they made it. Like, they made it. And again, it's pitching. Right. And so, you, you know, you didn't have, you know, and you have Chuck you know, hopefully coming back for another year. Um, you know, starting pitching bullpen is always what it's going to be. And that's, that's obviously a big issue. Kyle Freeland is not who we kind of wanted him to be. Actually, maybe he is, maybe he is exactly what we expected him to be. Um, but you know, I decided, you know, it's just not, not really what we're looking for. Uh, you know, Gomber clearly not what we want. Uh, you know, Marquez taking a step down. I'd like to see Chris Bryant play more than 30 games. Um, cause I still think he has some in his bat, but you know, again, these injury prone to injury crap is exactly why the Cubs got rid of him. Um, you know, that's exactly why they moved on is because you're getting old and you've been injured. It's not going to look good anymore. Um, you know, but then you look at some of the other Chase Anderson's, Ryan Feltner, Chris, Chris Felt. You know, these guys, I mean, they're just not, they're just not it. So if the offense can make some noise and if you got a few 30 home run bats in there, I think Nolan Jones can hit 30 bombs and, um, you know, maybe Tovar hits 300 and gets a gold glove and maybe Tolia hits 30 bombs and you win 70 games and I'm happy. You know, win seventy games, and I'm I'm a pleased. I'm a I'm a very happy Rockies fan if they find a win to find a way to win seventy. And maybe the you know sometimes, and, I, and I, again, this is just me being hopeful. Is maybe the 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 enhancement of the division and the enhancement of that kind of brings a little bit more uh you know c- you know understanding of the competition. So when they go and play a a, a subpart team, maybe they'll. They'll play a little bit better because they have to deal with the Dodgers smashing their teeth in every single game. But um, I will say this: um, uh, I, you know, as as annoying as it is, I got I, I was I'm fortunate enough on Christmas to get uh, opening day tickets. So I'm going to Rocky's opening day and don't have to pay. So um, love it. Gonna see, uh, gonna see the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, you know come to Coors and the one game that'll be fun to go to and hey and at least I don't have every year I've gone to the opening day I've had to pay so it's the first year I I don't got to pay to go to opening day and we all know how fun opening day is at Coors Field but then again is it really because we went to Atlanta on a Wednesday and Atlanta blew away Rocky's opening day on a Wednesday evening two hours before first pitch so is opening day really that great in Colorado I don't know Brandon
1: <laughs> I don't know anymore that's a we got to stop going to different stadiums because we think we're like, yeah, we love Coors. The you know, opening day so fun. And then, yeah, then you go to Atlanta and you're waiting in a line two hours before the game. Before We're there before the gates even open and there's lines.
0: Music, energy, Wednesday, Diamondbacks. Why? Because, you know, that's what they do.
1: So right now the Rockies are tied with the athletics for the worst odds To win the World Series, I was hoping they had win totals up, but they don't have the win totals yet.
0: So, yeah, you know,
1: in Vegas's eyes, us and the A's are the two worst teams.
0: I think the win total is going to be right at what we ended on last season, Um, whatever that was 60, 64. I think it was. I think it's going to be 64 and a half. Uh sixty three and yeah, a half or something yeah, like that. I don't
1: see it getting closer to seventy.
0: No, I don't I don't see that at all. They've done nothing to tell the books otherwise. I mean they've done absolutely zero to tell the books otherwise. I mean it's just right. it's it's completely uh it's crazy. And all the stuff I'm saying about the hopefulness, with how baseball goes, none of it's going to happen. I mean, it's a long, treacherous season, and and you have the Dodgers, the best team in your division. Uh, the Giants are still pretty dang good. The Diamondbacks went to the World Series. Um, the Padres are still going to somehow find a way to kick our butts um, like they do. So it's just, uh, I man, I mean, I just. Yeah, I just the Dodgers I are minus 300 to win the division. Minus three hundred. I mean, what's the next closest division winner odds? Raves at minus two twenty. Wow, wow. Minus three hundred. I mean, I just, I, I just, that's just because I don't like the team. I just, I, I, I root, I root against it. You know, I'll be rooting against Dave Roberts uh, every every chance I get. Um, you know, and I'm gonna be taking Dodgers minus one and a half way more than I should. And it's, it's going to be, uh, they might have a lot of minus two and a half. That's so true, man. There might be a few three and a half stone in there. It could get weird. Like those Rockies games in LA, those yeah. could be, uh, some two and a half, three and a half spreads. And that's, that's crazy to think about, but, uh, it's, it's going to be some baseball season's going to be here before we know it. And, uh, it's going to be exciting stuff right when the NHL playoffs and the NBA playoffs kick in. So. Looking forward to all that stuff, and um, yeah, I mean, a big weekend of NFL coming up. NBA still full action now. Obviously, the energy has died down a little bit, but uh, the Nuggets are full in stride, fully kicking. Hey, uh, Aaron, Aaron Gordon, you hear about that? Yeah. Oh my thought. God, twenty one stitches, man! Crazy on Christmas. I mean, that must have been a
1: big dog. Uh, that's what I was gonna say for big dog. You know, Aaron Gordon's not a small guy twenty one stitches, and he's out uh, yeah.
0: and did did they say uh, did it say where cause I'm like twenty one stitches like, uh, said on his
1: hand and his face,
0: oh my God, in his face, yeah. Dude, he's gonna come back looking like the joker, man,
1: yeah, what if he's got this cool scar?
0: I'm telling you, I mean Aaron Gordon I, that's scary, man, I couldn't imagine I mean having to get twenty one stitches from a dog attack that had to be vicious when yeah, dogs attack, be... man, they're vicious, yeah. So hopefully Aaron Gordon's doing all right. Um you know, i if, if anything like that unfortunate that it happens during Christmas for him, but um, you know, get right, get healthy. We need you for the playoffs, but <laughs> Yeah, we need we need you we need you in March, buddy. Make uh March. I'm curious to hear that article. I want to know whose dog it was. Was it his own dog? Was it a was it a stranger's dog? Was it on the streets? Was he walking like he was after shirtless in the middle of Denver, Colorado after winning a chip again? And he was just Got attacked by a dog. People, you know, he. I want. I want to know what what happened. Was it? Was it just? Uh, I was trying to break up a dog attack. Maybe a dog fight. Um, yeah. You know, be. he's could, a good could, guy. You know, could he, be. he. It seems like lot, lot of lot of things could have happened. I'm very curious to see what we you know The situation with the dog because that dog can't be uh can't be in a good spot right now. So <laughs> um, I'm I'm curious to see uh to hear what happened. But shout out to Gordon. Hopefully you're doing all right. Uh but yeah, a lot lot of stuff going on in this world the world of sports. We'll be back uh um again, probably next week. Uh probably after the after the uh, college football playoff games are done and uh you know, a couple of big games there. Washington, Texas. I know we didn't talk much about it today, Michigan and um Alabama. Shout out my boy Chase. Yeah, real quick, who what are your picks? <sighs> Bama and Washington. Okay. With, with, the, with the with the Michigan, with the okay, so it's the same thing as, as so it's the same thing as you, right? It's the same thing, but opposite. So I don't have a dog in the Michigan Bama fight. I'm going with history. And so that's why I'm going there. And then I do have a dog in the Washington-Texas fight, so I'm going with Washington. Similar to you, you don't really have a dog in the Washington-Texas fight, but history is going to say Texas is going to be that one to take it. And then you got a dog in the Michigan-Bama game. That's why you're choosing Michigan. So um, yep. I think great matchups, man. I just really feel like they're going to be two incredible games, I and the championship's going to be even better. I think we're in for a treat, oh, man. It.
1: We got to pull for Michigan, Michigan, Washington, because if we get a national championship matchup on our very first national championship of the pod, I mean, that's legendary. So we we got to be pulling hard for Michigan. Washington.
0: I'm with you. All right, so, yeah, I'm with you. So, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll root for Michigan. No problem. And I haven't I haven't placed anything yet. Um, you know, we'll see. I'll probably wait for something live. That's kind of how I've been doing things lately, because I just feel I don't feel good sometimes yeah. pregame, you know, just too much going on, too much noise. And so once the game starts, that's when it matters. But it, that one's such a close line. It really is a pick 'em type game. I feel like Michigan's got that, that, that. This is our year, and Alabama's not – I mean, I texted you this. Alabama's not Alabama, but they're still Alabama. But they're Alabama. But but they're not not Alabama. So it's just – It's a circle. How do we feel? I was going to say shout-out my boy Chase Disneyland. He was 10 feet away from Nick Saban and Jim Harbaugh um, during a Disneyland parade, so pretty cool to be near the GOAT. We were near the GOAT once, but not like that, you know, not not like that. So
1: No, yeah, we were were through a couple rows of people.
0: Do we – you know I want I want maybe maybe I don't I don't know how we'll do this but maybe maybe uh maybe we're in the same room for that National Championship podcast
1: if it if it happens if I it think happens make, a, make something work
0: if it happens yeah I mean that's going to be a lot to happen I think Washington has a better chance than people think um I think Texas yeah is, is the better team um you know I know this Washington team is so different than the one that went before, but you know, they've been there. So um, you know and
1: Texas I mean, has not And Texas, Texas has not
0: Right. So um lot lot so much. So much here. I, I'm really excited for these matchups. I'm I'm glad they're literally a week away. I've tried not to think about them because it, it just goes by so slow otherwise. So I'm just really uh I'm I mean here they here we go. I mean we're 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 right there two biggest games I I truly have no I I can't be confident any other way. I can I can't be I'm not 100% confident in Alabama. I'm right. not 100% confident in Washington. Uh I, I just I just I I'm hoping for good games. I'd love to see good good game. And I think the four best teams I truly think are in the playoff.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. I think we we talked about that, but yeah, I I hope that there's just no blowouts cuz that's always a bummer. And unfortunately it's been Michigan the last couple of years. Their first round has just not gone the way we would want. And, and then so and then you get like, Bama. You have so much hype. You have so much hype like leading up to it. And then just to get steamrolled by Georgia and then to have TCU just punch us in the face. I know we kinda made a we tried to make a game of it, but just could never get a stop. Um so yeah, I'm that's what's got me so worried is just like is this just gonna be another Oh, Michigan's down thirty at half. Okay.
0: Well But we beat Ohio State. Got the big ten. That's what's that's crazy, right? Game. That's 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 the thing, right? Is you get you three you got the big game, but then can you win the big, big game? And you know, what 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 actually what actually stands? And I mean in the in the country's eyes it's the championships, In Michigan, Ohio State eyes, it's that's the big game. And so, you right. know, I they got that form, but yeah, I mean interesting to see. But yeah, that's that's probably the next time we'll be on to recap those games and uh really excited to 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 see where this goes but um appreciate you guys listening as always uh, if you if you stuck with us this long into the episode we truly do appreciate you uh check us out on all platforms uh two guys talking podcast email instagram facebook all that good stuff give us a shout and uh we'll we'll catch you on the good uh, <laughs> we'll catch you next time Brandon have a great weekend
1: see you man